I think it's nothing but good news for us, selfishly, but also for, for gamers. I, you know, I've had a tiny peek under the hood. There's a lot coming. How did SpongeBob find his way onto the NFL field? Why is Lego taking the fashion world by storm? Where did all that Baby Yoda merch come from? And why are people going crazy for Captain America pajamas? We explore what makes certain consumer products stand out above the rest, thanks to a little thing called brand licensing. Welcome to season two of the Licensing Mixtape, a podcast by License Global. Hello and welcome to the Licensing Mixtape. I'm Ben Roberts, Senior Content Editor for Amir at Licence Global, and today I'm really excited to share with you an exclusive interview with John Friend, Head of Halo and Xbox Consumer Products at Xbox. Earlier this year, I had the pleasure of speaking with John about gaming, the dawn of the original disruptor brand of Xbox, the new upcoming Halo Infinite titles, and exactly how to engage a global community of fans through consumer products, all in the name of a cover story for our April gaming issue. Now if you haven't read it yet, this is your chance to catch up on one of the most fascinating industries in the world. Gaming is overtaking movies, it is our entertainment platform of choice, and with over 3 billion gamers in the world, this is something you're going to want to listen to. So, without further ado, here's John. Let's talk about the Xbox brand. Um, where's it come from? Uh, what makes up the core identity? And you know what keeps fans engaged? So, you know, I was thinking about this, and there, there are two ways to approach it. There's first, thematically, I love where the Xbox brand is today. We spend a lot of time, and, and you hear this from all the folks, you know, all the way from, you know, Phil Spencer, head of Xbox, is we're about putting the player at the center of what we do. And to be honest, it makes me extremely proud to be at the company because we live that in a lot of different ways today. And just so I get super excited about where we can go. From a history point of view in gaming, Xbox started out as a disruptor brand. And it's funny because this was, I love this story. So there were four engineers in this giant company called Microsoft who just set up this guerrilla project because they wanted to make a console more like a PC so it'd be easier for developers to make games for it because they were gamers. And so this little like guerrilla group thrived and managed to pull off a miracle and launched this powerful console and sort of started us on our way. But that that disruptor DNA has always been there. And, and since then, I mean, we're going to celebrate our 20th birthday this fall. So November of 2021, you know, from 20 years ago to today, we've always been at the forefront of things. Everything from, you know, new genres that people didn't associate with playing a game on a console. Halo was, I mean, Halo is a big universe and hopefully we'll talk about this later, but it's defined as a first person shooter game. Those, those didn't really happen or matter on consoles, and so we were at the forefront of that. Halo and Xbox were at the forefront of multiplayer and live, and even simple things like buddy lists, which today is like seems like such a silly thing. But those, like, those innovations actually paved the way for so much of what you're seeing in gaming and the social connections you can make in gaming today. And then I look at where we are now, and yes, like we ju we're just coming off the launch of you know the most powerful console on the Xbox Series X, and you know I love... I love our hardware. I'm a nerd for all the stuff. But to, to me, the coolest thing is actually the bigger story is worth the worth the forefront of more powerful things than the console itself. It's subscriptions. I mean, Xbox Game Pass is ridiculous. As a gamer, you know, I'll be subscribing to Xbox Game Pass forever, even you know, at some point when I've retired and moved on from Xbox, because it's it's just this fantastic way to play, to always have the latest and newest stuff. But also explore. I mean, I just downloaded a new game called Desperados, which I haven't tried yet. But I'm like, 
Okay, tactical, Western, turn-based. What is this? Awesome. I got to check it out, right? And so cloud, like streaming. I, the words, I, sorry, I, I didn't want to use the word cloud because you immediately get into cloud. And people are like, oh, tech talk. I got to turn myself <laughs> off. But just the idea like Xbox is, the consoles are powerful, but for us, Xbox is, about, is the place where you come together to be with friends and play. And the idea that we can deliver that to whatever screen you've got, and we're actually doing that now. It's just so many of these things, backward compatibility, et cetera. So I love the fact that we've always been at the forefront of changes, but we're really living the mission of putting the players at the center. So it's just, it's just, it's a really neat place to be. And in an industry that's absolutely just rocking right now too. So it feels great to be at Xbox, but the industry as a whole, massive. The industry was always going to reach this level. It's whether or not the events of the last year has expedited that and made it so much faster. Gaming is always going to overtake movies. It's always going to be considered among the classics. As far as I'm concerned, the story of games like The Last of Us should be considered classics. You know, what are some of the brand's key milestones that changed gaming, consumer products, and made Xbox, you know, what it is today? I have to stick to the script because I get super excited. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so on a milestone front, I'll I'll actually pivot away a tiny bit from Xbox. I planted a seed bringing up Halo before, and obviously this is near and dear to my heart. But the first Halo thing in the world was a novel. Now, clearly the game was coming. I'm not going to pretend that the novel existed and five years later, somebody's like, let's make a game out of this. These were developed together. But it's at its core, Halo is a story. It's this hero's journey. And the novel was first. The novel came out before the game. And so with, like to me, one of the milestones has been that we've we've always been about creating these universes and then inviting people to come in however they want. Uh, and in some cases, you know, in the case of Halo, you know, that's through novels and and other physical objects or other approaches to story that you can read. The social connections through multiplayer gaming and live gaming, absolutely massive. Because I think you brought up the last year and it has clearly been a challenging year in so many ways. And, and you know, I still, you know, I struggle to, to wrap my head around impacts, you know, and it's impacted people on very personal levels and, you know, obviously broad macro levels. But to me, one of the best things that we've seen in gaming is that gaming is a way for people to stay connected, keep connected with their friends and, and even to be honest with family members. It's really like the cross-generational gaming that you're seeing. And I don't just mean, you know, the sort of the stereotypical dad with their with their kids, but it's 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 the moms playing, it's grandparents playing with their grandkids, it's people who live farther apart who can't see each other. So to me, that milestone of connectivity is is really is really one of the most important and, and massive ones because it continues to play out in in everything that we all do in gaming. It's true. I mean, that connectivity works in so many different ways. I mean, I hear stories of people who have made friends playing like Daisy. <laughs> They'll play with them for months on end, never having met. But the community aspect is, is super important, especially now that there's, uh, you know, service based gaming. So regular updates. There's always something to talk about with friends, always something to do. There are events in gaming. Um, but I mean, gaming used to be very, very tribal. Uh, so you had your Xboxes, you had your Playstations, you had your Nintendos, and you had your PC gamers. But with cross-platform, not just cross-generational, there seems to be a slight move away from exclusives to games that bridge the gaps. Um, so, I mean, how is Xbox working with its own exclusive titles to bring something different to fans? Exclusives clearly matter, right? I mean, we certainly we, we want people to play on the Xbox platform because we think it's the, the best place to play, and we think there's a ton of benefits with it. But the truth is, like, all of us here, 
we play on all the platforms because we love games. We love the art form. And I agree with you. There are so many, so many of these stories and characters and worlds are, are creative masterpieces and they should be recognized as such. I do love the idea though. Like I, I think of it, like the word that I use is it, I think it used to be walled gardens and you see the walls coming down through technology and also through business practices. You see increasingly people recognizing that this is just a, this is a, a massive, super successful industry. And uh, so I'm going to slip into a little bit of my marketing spiel here, but like we've, we've used a line before in some of our marketing that really resonates with me, which is when everybody plays, we all win. And we're seeing that in gaming now. I mean, the stats are incredible. Uh, almost 3 billion gamers in the world today. Unbelievable. Gaming in 2020 oh. past TV entertainment. So gaming is the largest and fastest growing entertainment medium in the world. So that industry is massive. And as you see the walls coming down, and certainly, you know, I feel like Xbox has been at the forefront of that. It, there are great opportunities for people to play across devices. Even individuals, it's fascinating. You see data that shows most individuals play on multiple devices. You're not a PC gamer. You're not a mobile gamer. If you play games, you're a gamer. And you often, you you engage with those universes on, on multiple devices. And then, you know, the anchor, those, those key exclusives are obviously blockbuster moments for us and and they're fantastic and you know we've got a number of games coming this year over the next five years with the with all the studios coming but you look at something like halo like when a halo game launches that's a massive moment and that's a moment of like excitement and fan excitement and people sort of rallying around it and huge numbers coming in. And so those exclusive moments are clearly showcase moments where those become real opportunities for us to fly the flag. And also in a lot of ways for our fans to, to put on the Jersey and sorry for the sports analogy, but like, so I started out, like I look at fandom because like from, from the time I was like four or five years old, I was like, my dad would take me to sports games or we watch sports together. And so like, that was my first experience of just fandom. And so like those blockbuster moments also give fans an opportunity to put on the Jersey and celebrate with us and, and really sort of dive deep and showcase, which in a world where everybody's kind of a creator, when you look at social media platforms, that's really powerful. And so that that actually, I think, in a lot of ways brings people together too. That's really interesting that you bring your own concept or your own interpretation of fandom to what you do. And I think that's a really nice touch. But what would you say your approach is in terms of translating that fandom? I mean, I, was, I love what I do in the consumer products and licensing space. Like, I think about it through that lens of fandom. Like Ultimately, what I get to do is help connect fans with their passion and be a part of that. Actually, I like to think about it more through the action verbs like what what tools can we give to fans and so i do i try to look at it through putting your jersey on as an obvious one but it's also connect like what tools are we giving people to connect to celebrate to share or and this is a made-up verb or to physicalize how do you physicalize a memory or a moment in a way that's meaningful. So I'll give you a, I'll give you an example, and I, I just love this one. So we have the number one celebration cake in the UK. For the first half of a fiscal year, which started in July and ended through the holiday, Tesco, Asda, a bunch of places stocked it. Number one celebration cake. Like, it's interesting. I was actually talking about this with the, with the gentleman who was my... Um, executive sponsor within the Xbox brand organization. And I was like, oh, this is great. Like this means we can get into, like maybe we can think about more foods and we're, you know, we're expanding from core apparel and we're getting into foods. And I, and for a minute, I had a very sort of licensing centric point of view on it. And, and he flipped the switch and he's like, actually think about that as a moment. That's a family celebrating a shared passion. It's a dad bringing it home, you know, because he and his wife met playing a game together. 
or sharing his passion for Xbox with his kids or the, or the family gathering because they're spending more time together. It's actually about that psychological moment of celebration or it's giving people a, a way to celebrate their fandom. I haven't gotten samples yet. It's a little hard to ship over all the way to the West Coast. <laughs> I understand it's delicious, but, but to me, it goes back to actually that verb. Like we're giving people a way to celebrate. And that to me is like, that's where I selfishly get really excited about my part in this world of gaming, which is, you know, bringing those games and those brands and those moments to life. I love the aspect of physicalizing a memory. I have a Halo t-shirt and I won a Halo 2 charity competition at my university in Canterbury Christchurch. Completely tenuous, pointless story. However, for <laughs> oh, me, awesome. it means a hell of a lot. You have more championships than I do, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> when they say misspent youth, I wrote the book. Um, but Halo is obviously it's it's a massive brand and that for me is it's a huge property and you know it's set to return in the very near future how is that going to bring back a beloved story for fans and what are you planning for in terms of extensions I'm still not going to slip any story spoilers though I don't um, <laughs> so, so look the um, 20th anniversary of Halo and a new game is such a big moment for us and again like I go back to the words like because I you know, I think about things and um, you've got sort of that evergreen big expansion which for us is that Xbox platform and then you have those big blockbuster moments which are those story moments there's character moments which is like Halo and, and that's certainly one you know for us I think there are a couple critical things about this new Halo it'll launch day and date on PC as well as console it'll launch day and day on Xbox Game Pass so all our subscribers will have an ability to play right away there will be elements of the game that are that are free so people will be able to come on board and and and, and try some things that's all to me about new on ramps we know we've had well over 100 million people play halo already life to date and this game is for all those fans who love halo because at its core this is really going back to that central aspect of the hero's journey of master chief of, of you know saving humanity against all odds but it's also all about those on ramps for those next hundreds of millions of fans. So it's this really interesting sweet spot of, uh, you know, more ways for people to play, more ways for people to get on board. And this sort of beautiful, and, and I think if you've seen it in the in the assets and the videos that we've already shared, this beautiful evocative sort of return to roots of this classic hero's journey, which is ultimately super aspirational and something that, you know, our fans want to be a part of. And I think the, one of the one of the great things about Halo, it's got the secret sauce of people love the story in the universe and this this hero and, and the fact that I can step in. Anybody can step in uh, behind the visor and be the hero. But then it also has this uh, these elements of multiplayer and playing with friends and community. And so this might be a little bit UK. I don't or sorry, US centric. But to, I always think of it as like the chocolate and peanut butter analogy. Like you just put those great things together and it's you get this sort of fantastic mix. Um, and yes, you have fans who love the chocolate or the peanut butter. I don't remember which was which waving my hands <laughs> around from an extension point of view. We'll treat it as what it is, which is it's a big blockbuster launch. We're going to have, you know, we're going to continue to have our core Halo consumer products in market, which we've had in market for a number of years, if anything, as long as the game. Uh, but we'll also have that blockbuster moment where we'll bring out new products specifically for collectors and kids because we have a broad audience for Halo. Some of which are about the game and celebrating that moment with the game. And some of which are just about continuing to expand the universe and giving people ways to either, you know, go back to my action verbs give people ways to physicalize the moment, to play at home when they're not connected. Uh, certainly we have a huge kid, kid space and, you know, with our mega construction line and a new toy, toy line with, with Jazzwares, we're giving people, you know, and kids ways to collect and play. So to me, it's about those action verbs. We'll bring those home. 
And it also gives us a chance to expand into, it's such a big moment where it gives us a chance to really showcase it and, and expand into those additional categories too. So, I mean, there's an offshoot question there, which is because Halo is so big and you kind of touched on it with, you know, with a, with a US <laughs> example, how do you cater for so many different markets? Like, I'm, I'm talking global <laughs> markets from the gaming industry in South Korea to, you know, France, Germany, Spain, to the UK, uh, Latin America, US. I mean, that's a lot of people who know the Halo brand and there's a lot of fans out there who want to engage with it. How do you adapt to all those different territories? I think it starts with you listen. And we try really hard to listen and make sure that we, at a studio level and a franchise level, are, are, are being open to and hearing where our fans are and what they're interested in. We're working on ways, more ways to communicate more directly with them. And then at a consumer products level, it's the same. I mean, I'll, I'll highlight, like, I'll do a quick shout out here for our partners, but we've done fantastic work with uh, Beanstalk's uh, Tinderbox division has been helping lead the way for us in the, in the European territories. Um, and frankly, that's where the celebration cake came from. You know, really that that local relationship, that local knowledge, the connection with what's working and where brands are being celebrated at a place like Tesco or Primark, and then feeding that back. And, you know, ultimately my team in the Seattle area is responsible for making sure that we live up to the core attributes of the brand and that we're executing on the right things for our audiences. But it's got to start, you got to listen and you got to be, you got to be present locally. And so we've been working to keep expanding you know, through agents or partners or whatever it may be to make sure that we're out there in individual markets. And it's, I use my cake example again, we're going to have a new flavor for France, um, you know, because again, tastes are different in, in different parts of the world. And that's an easy analogy for me, but we, we do that with a, with a ton of our products and, and, and how we try and reach new audiences too. We're, we're, we're trying to listen and we know a lot about Halo, but we really rely on partners and friends and fans to tell us what's happening where they live i mean xbox isn't just about halo and i've been desperate to talk to someone at, at xbox about this uh because i grew up with like morrowind oblivion and i'm a huge skyrim fan but i'm going to stick to the script you've also made waves with the acquisition of bethesda and while the jury's out on what will be exclusive what can we expect from the studio in the near future so i can't talk a lot about it i can tell you a high level as a person as a gamer at xbox I agree. I mean, some. You're right. Oblivion, Skyrim, there, Doom. There's so many, uh, and I'm so excited. Right? Those will be part of the family. And the expansion's insane. I looked at. A, I was doing my prep this morning. I think we've gone from seven studios to when the acquisition is completed, 23 in the span of the last five years. So from us, from a content and storytelling pipeline, it's fantastic, and I, and I think it is super exciting for gamers. And certainly for Xbox gamers, right? What I love about where Xbox is, game teams are really given the freedom to explore their creative vision. From a business point of view, you know, I'm excited. I, I would assume that there's going to be lots of opportunities to showcase Xbox in a blockbuster way and, and, and feed all the different ways that we reach out to gamers. You just with that many characters and that many franchises, you can't you can't not have fantastic business opportunities. Bringing together all those creative teams and their capabilities and then allowing them to share with each other but also giving them the freedom and the space and frankly, you know, sometimes, you know, I think about, you know, we're obviously Xbox is a real meaningful impactful part of Microsoft today. Microsoft is a pretty big company on its own, right? That has some other good things going too, right? And so, you know, we have this fantastic parent 
or aunt or uncle, however you want to think of it, <laughs> who's got pretty broad shoulders. And that gives us the ability to really plan long term and let creative teams pursue their visions. Since I think it's nothing but good news for game for us selfishly, but also for for gamers. Because you know, I've had a tiny peek under the hood. There's a lot coming. I just I honestly can't wait. You you were right with I, how could I forget Doom Fallout? And that's just one studio. You know, there's there's so much more to come. Um, yeah. But that reflects the upward trajectory of the gaming industry itself. More creativity, attaching it to the classics, more players, more servers, more online, everything. I mean, how would you describe the gaming market right now? Why is it such an incredible market to watch due to its growth even before the pandemic? I'll focus on two things which I haven't touched on before. So one is depth. Games are are living universes. I'm a huge fan of something like Game of Thrones, right? If I watch every episode of a season of Game of Thrones in a month, I've spent, what, 10 hours in it? Maybe a little bit more, depending on the season. For gamers, when you're invested in a game or a universe, you're doubling or tripling that per month. And it's not just happening one month and then you're on to the next season or show or whatever. It's happening over a period of time. So the depth there of, you know, the technology really allows people to connect in much greater depth for longer periods of time which is awesome from, from a social point of view and a community point of view and making friends. And we've seen marriages happen coming out of different games. I think it's also, it's, you know, it's clearly exciting and it creates opportunities for us in the consumer products and licensing world because the, the second word I would use is, uh, is connection because it gives us more live connection points where we can connect the dots to what fans and gamers are doing um, and help bring those moments or, or items or objects or achievements to life. I mean, how awesome when I, when I finish something or when I accomplish something rare or when my friends and I are able to do something together, if I can physicalize that moment, like your, your T-shirt, uh, and then and then offer that to you as a way for you all to celebrate together, like then it becomes that super powerful feedback loop. So I think like anyway, I would say depth and connection are the two things that that come to I mind. I love love the idea of physicalizing achievements. I I play across platform. I was trying to platinum uh, Ghost of Tsushima, which is like I'm addicted to. <laughs> And I was like, why am I doing this? <laughs> I don't care anything. Bro. Um, so, okay, where do you see gaming going in the future? And how do you see licensing and brands, uh, brand innovation working in with that? So in-game skins, collaborations, um, and more innovative products. So I, I start at the top. First of all, games are so big that they are culture and pop culture. So so collaborations and and ways to extend our brands and our, and 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 our and our game brands into other spaces and new spaces and other brands wanting to do that with us is going to continue to increase. So I think that's exciting and fun. Um, connectivity. It's a lot harder if, if I go to a movie or rent a movie, you know, I've I've experienced it and then I'm done. In a game I keep, I keep playing, right? And so I have those achievements. I have those moments. And I think live services or gaming as a service. But to me, I think about it as these are living universes that, I, that, I, that I'm in and I'm involved in. And so that's going to continue to grow and expand. And we do see that. We see, actually, we see this really nice thing where you have big blockbuster universes where loads of people play all the time. But with subscription services and streaming to multiple devices, you increasingly see smaller teams and uh, and new IP able to flourish and find their audiences. 
So it's this really nice, like for gaming as a whole, it's this really nice mix of, you know, big blockbuster moments, but also showcases for communities to find their their voices and their places. And in the consumer products world, I think it's, you know, what we've got to do is we've got to be nimble enough to figure out how to bring that to people um, so that we can close the circle. The 360 degree analogy is used too often, but I do think about closing the circle sometimes where we're still people. We still live in a physical world. I'm standing here at home at my desk, but I got I got chief with me. I got chief who can hold my phone, which is a different chief, has his own purpose. Like, you know, and those are part of like me. And and I'm I'm actually usually pretty clutter-free at my desk, but but I like a couple things here because like this is what I do and I enjoy it and I celebrate it. People want that. And so I think the challenge for us in in the licensing industry and in retail industries is how do we keep getting more nimble so that we can connect the dots and and bring those moments together, you know, for people, for families, for groups, for individuals. And technology is increasingly letting us do that. I mean, people, distribution centers are increasingly sophisticated in terms of how you can ship products and get the right products in store at the right times. Uh, Personalization is something I'm really interested in. From the game side, we can deliver digital goods or items or create achievements or challenges for people to go after that ultimately result in you know new things. So I think there's loads of opportunity. I hesitate to say this, but I'm also a history nerd. Uh, it feels like we're in kind of this cool renaissance moment where technology is really delivering. You grew up playing games, and I did too. I, I remember the day the Intellivision was under the Christmas tree. Sorry, I'm dating myself. <laughs> but we're at this wild. renaissance moment where the technologies are living up to what we've all dreamed of in terms of being able to stay and play in that place or share it with our friends or go after that massive thing. And, and then in our spaces, in the, in, the, in the consumer product space, how do we bring that to life? And, you know, how do we bring more innovation into what we do? How do we bring more personalization in what we do? How do we do things faster so it's tied closer to what's happening in those games? How do we celebrate those blockbuster moments, like when a Halo launches and it's that thing where you're like, oh, my God, it's finally here? Those are awesome opportunities and challenges. And again, I think a lot of the same technology changes are allowing us to start facing those. I mean, I'm super excited about some of the things that we can start experimenting with in terms of uh, connecting the dots with the physical objects and the, and the digital objects more closely, but also just speed, being more relevant and nimble and topical for our fans. Xbox itself is an iconic brand. Uh, you say you're celebrating 20 years, which is insanely cool. How do you adopt the licensing model uh, to suit the brand and to keep it moving? You know, whether it's collectibles like the Master Chief or uh, the Xbox shirt you're wearing. I mean, you know, how do you keep it moving? We start with the core brand principles. You got to be true to the DNA of whatever brand you're working with, because fans not only will sniff it out, but in today's world, they'll tell you pretty quickly if you're not living up, living up to your values, right? But then Equally, and it's a little bit scary, you have to give up some of that control and celebrate the freedom of today's world because today's fans are used to having more control. They are used to making brands more their own. And so we are, you know, it's that really interesting blend where we're trying to look for opportunities that help us do the action verbs that I've been talking about, celebrate, play, connect, whatever, but increasingly listen more and more to our fans and look, look at where they are. And look at how they're expressing their interest in uh, in our properties. I'll give you another Xbox example, which is uh, we did a really cool uh, collaboration with a company called uh, King Ice last year. So they do this beautiful uh, they do this beautiful Xbox uh, jewelry. We've done some pendants, rings, and things like that. But it, it authentically came out of desire from some fans and some celebrities who were like, "Hey, this stuff is awesome. I love it. 
why isn't Xbox here? So it wasn't any brilliant strategy. I'd love to tell you it was this brilliant strategy and we were like, hey, this is where we're going. Uh, it wasn't. It was us listening to to fans who were saying, hey, why aren't you here? And ultimately it turned into this just, I mean, this fantastic product sold out over Black Friday. There may be more to come, hint, hint. You know, so that kind of thing, like that listening and 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 you talked about it earlier and also listening locally. Like I get it. I sit in the Pacific Northwest. I'm used to gray skies. I, I presume you may be used to gray skies too, but in other parts of the world, people are seeing things differently. Their color palettes are different. Their tastes are different, et cetera. And so, you know, we, we do try and make sure that we're, you know, we stay true to our core, but then ultimately we listen to listen to what people want. And that, and in some cases that can be as specific as buyers telling us what's working. Uh, we had uh, one of the top toys at Target was a Mega Constructs Energy Sword a collectible, buildable energy sword last year. And that was really guidance from those buyers. And, and that account was seeing, you know, the growth of collectors coming into the toy spaces and wanting more premium items and wanting more more challenging builds. And so it's a, it's a nice blend of all these things coming together. So obviously you've got the fact that you listen to the facts. You listen to local markets. And you've mentioned that players are engaging with brands in a different way. So, you know, things are getting faster. People feel they have a little bit more control over their input. How do you see that uh, changing? So, you know, whether it's through increases in digital downloads, you know, what's going to change with retail? Um, how do you see players dictating the future of the gaming space? It's a big topic. So I'll touch on a couple of things. The um, players vote very clearly with their, I'll say, digital feet. So we see it real time in the services. You see what what fans are engaging with and what things it could be a map, could be a mode, it could be a character. Like we see that real time. So that data visibility helps us think about our franchise and, and think about what the players want more of. At the product level, I think we're trying to work smartly with our partners. Like the word that I come up with is how do we how do we get more and more nimble? There are some things which need to be manufactured at a high quality level and they're not going to get turned around overnight, but how do we plan further ahead to make sure they really connect with what moments we expect in our games or our universe or our platform? But by the same token, how do we work with partners to make sure we're enabling more things like print on demand and manufacture on demand to supplement and support what we're doing? How do we lean into, and this can be um, with smaller accounts or with massive accounts. I mean, we're seeing this with uh, with Walmart. On the, on the Halo front last year, we had a lot of success leaning into items in store, but also items online as, as you know, they've seen like us and sadly, like everyone last year accelerated a lot of trends in terms of how people shop, buy and play digitally. And, you know, so it's this, it's a combination of things. Like ultimately we want to offer a range of products, opportunities and experiences to our fans. And then we want to see what they're gravitating to and be open-minded enough to listen, flexible and nimble enough to follow and strategic enough to know that we're already planning ahead for some of the sort of the bigger moments and the and the and the key product elements that are sort of true to our brand. It's not easy, but it's fun as hell. And and I and I love I love the real-time feedback. And sometimes it's not great. Like if fans will call you out on I didn't love this thing or why did this ship late or you know, I'm having a hard time redeeming something or whatever. But again, like for me personally, I start out with it. Like I go back to, I go back to where I used to lie under a coffee table watching sports games with my dad and just being so in love with a team that everything I wanted around me was about that team and what was happening next. So it's like, it's this awesome opportunity to help just feed the passion for fans who ultimately 
They're telling us when they're unhappy because they love it. I think it's a fantastic challenge. One final question, because I'm aware yes. of time and I don't want to take up too much of yours. How would you describe the next generation console potential for brands, for licensing, for titles, for more creative games? How would you sum up um, the potential behind Xbox Series X? You know, I want to have the super sophisticated answer, but for me, like I distill it down to, the, to a word that I've used before. It's very personal. The technology is powerful enough now in our ability for you to engage with it on whatever screen you want. I think it allows creatives to deliver their vision in a way that really speaks to speaks to fans at, at that individual level. And I think it's really exciting because it allows new brands to get seeded and grow because there are spaces for them that you know people can they they can the discoverability has increased, uh, ease of access has increased. So smaller and newer brands can grow, but then you've just got this absurd scale with 3 billion people playing games around the world and growing faster than other entertainment mediums. Like when we blockbuster, we can really blockbuster. Sorry if I've turned that into a verb now, by the way. (laughs) I accept. So I think it's really exciting. And I also come down to, we still live in a physical world. People play and engage digitally. And we don't always see each other face-to-face all the time, but we see each other on screens and we will see each other face-to-face again. You still share stuff through what you wear, through what you carry, through what you have on your shelf for that moment that you celebrate together with your friends. I think we're at an extremely exciting point for gaming and how gaming and consumer products come together. Because I do think what's happening in gaming is only great for what's happening in consumer products and technology and innovation in manufacturers and retailers and direct consumer outlets is allowing us in our industry is to also deliver on on what those creatives and what those communities want. There's both a lot broader and a lot deeper set of opportunities today than there were five or 10 years ago, which is super exciting. Not every game is going to start with a novel like Halo, right? But what's crazy is between everything self-publishing and, and, and ease of translation, for every game where an audience wants that, today they kind of can. And it might get set up differently. But I, so I think like That's just an incredible three-dimensional chessboard that we get to play in, all of us. I think it's awesome. John, thank you so much. Thank you for your time. That was really kind of you. Um, No, not at all. I I, I can get a little filled up. Now, as if that wasn't enough, John Friend will be joining us at the Brand and Licensing Innovation Summit in June from the 9th, 10th, and the 11th to discuss even more about gaming on an exclusive panel. So be sure to head to licenseglobal.com or the Brand and Licensing Innovation Summit website in order to book your space today. But in the meantime, feel free to head over to licenseglobal.com for all of the latest news and trends, or follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, or simply stay tuned to the Licensing Mixtape podcast as we'll be hard at work bringing you more exclusive content. We'll catch you next time.